songs. Hey everyone, welcome to Why Mommy Drinks. This is Betsy Stover, and I am joined today by my guest co-host. He's my husband, Ari Vukitis. Hello, America, and everybody else. <laughs> Hi. It's been a while since you and I have been on the show together. It, it has, as evidenced by my weird hello to everybody. <laughs> Oh, no, that's just you. Okay. Uh, ah. Yeah, ever since the pandemic uh, hit, we've just been stuck in the same house, and it's a little hard to podcast um, when when there are children who won't leave the house. Yeah, and we've got one homesick downstairs who doesn't know that I am also podcasting with you, so it is an absolute <laughs> ticking time bomb of where when I'm going to be asked where the phone charger is. <laughs> Or can someone make him a sandwich? Or... Oh, 100%. 100%. Because in this house, we will never be home for five days straight of school without someone being home. Oh, my God. Let's introduce our uh, guest today. Actor, comedian, writer, Frank Garcia. Hell. Hello. Hello. Parents. <laughs> Hello, fellow, fellow parents. <laughs> Hello, fellow parents. I am also a parent, and I am happy to be it here. Sounds like kids wrote this dialogue. <laughs> yes, yes, I am a parent. I am an adult. I am not a child trying to pass as a parent. Um, <laughs> listener, you don't know this, but Frank Garcia Hell is actually an AI artificial intelligence uh, made up parent that we're, we're we're trying out it's hard to get guests so if we can make this work we'll really we'll feast on this don't touch that don't <laughs> eat that don't touch that don't eat that frank is oh, a chatbot he's glitching a little bit <laughs> Honestly, it's a pandemic we're uh, all glitching a little bit no judgment Frank, I'm so glad that you're here. I feel like I've been trying to get you on the yeah. show forever. and uh, I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry. I'm just glad you're here. So, Ari no, and... I'm sick about it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Ari and I have three kids. They are all boys. We have a five-year-old, a nine-year-old, and an 11-year-old. Frank, what you got? We have one three-year-old... Uh, a daughter. Nice. And her name is Nora. Nora! How's that How's that treating you? Usually people kind of get it at two or they get it at three. Are you... Uh, is she giving you hell? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, okay. Yeah. She's a rabble rouser. I mean, I think since like one and a half, basically she has just been... But especially right now, she's really in the thick of independence and uh no i you i tell you what to do you know like that kind of thing uh -huh. she loves right now she's really into arguing with me there's a picture in her room um that her mother put in there of me at four years old with santa claus Aww. uh just because it's a cute picture and it looks we look a lot alike uh you know uh, me and my daughter at this age and um <laughs> she likes to argue with me in the mornings when i come in to get her out of bed she she wants the picture and she said, "This is Nora and that's Daddy." And I was like, "No, that's me when I was your age. I went at four. She goes, "No, no, no." And she tries to tell me that I'm Santa and she's the one in the picture with me. And she gets really like adamant about being like, "No, you're going to concede that that is me and you are Santa." Oh boy! Wow, <laughs> Ari, uh, you should tell Frank about the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh yeah, when our <laughs> <laughs> when our oldest was 
two, I guess, but two, two and a half. Uh, and we lived in Brooklyn. And uh, we, I was walking, I was holding him, uh, and we walked into some crappy overpass. Uh, and he goes, Daddy, is that the uh, Brooklyn Bridge? And I go, no, it's just an overpass. And he goes, no, it's the Brooklyn Bridge! And I said, Jesus Christ, okay, it's the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> and so to this day, uh, it is still a, a sort of idiom in the family when you can't argue with a kid to just go, Jesus Christ, okay, it's the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. yeah. That's there's a lot of that going on right now. <laughs> I also like that. Yeah. And then she also loves to tell me, uh, mommy's gonna be mad at you. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Why? And I'm like, we don't know where that comes from because my wife has never been like like actively like i'm mad at you frank or anything like that you know like very upset with me in front of her or anything like that Weird. so we don't know where that's coming from of like because i tell her not to do something and then she's like mommy's gonna be mad at you like for not letting her oh, do i wonder it. if it's so a like, prediction or if it's like a hex she just like cursing you with it oh. <laughs> i think it probably is a hex she does love witches so. ah! <laughs> um well ari I don't know if you have a story to tell, but I, if you wanted to go first, I would be super all about it. Yeah, I'm happy to. Do I you will, have? Yeah, I'm going to tell the story of our observatory trip. Um, oh, I'm so excited. Wait, just be, even before yes. you start, this happened a few weeks ago, um, and when it happened... You didn't tell me what happened because you were upset and ashamed. And then <laughs> as time went on, I didn't want to know what happened because I just could not. And I just, I just couldn't. Um, and so it was better that I just didn't know um, to save me the stress and the embarrassment. So this is going to be a fun exploration uh for both of us, because this will be the first time I'm hearing it. Good. And for me, this will be like in the 80s when they would like put a kid under hypnosis and unearth trauma of like past Satanism. Mm. So that's what this is going to be for me. Yes. <laughs> so to, to, to put this in, to set the stage, so this is several weeks ago, and Betsy's dad and stepmom and sister were visiting from Minnesota. And uh, they are some of just the nicest people you will ever meet. Um, and so there is, you know, and, and, you know, Betsy's dad and stepmom also raised a bunch of kids. Betsy, uh, from that family has two brothers and a sister. So on some level, they understand what it is to raise three chaotic kids. But I also think that our kids are maybe especially difficult sometimes. <laughs> Bit of a handful. Extra. A little extra, as they say. And the difference, too, is that my dad is a minister. My stepmom works at a bank. They are not fuck the police over there. They don't have <laughs> issues with authority. Yes. Whereas you and I, Ari, are like, let's be fucking free artists. And like, right. and words are just a concept. And like, do whatever feels good, man. So so we echolocate with our parenting, I think, a yes. lot more than they ever did. Yes. And also, you know, our kids, because... 
you know, Betsy and I are comedians that have a somewhat inappropriate sense of humor. We've set maybe some yeah. weird or unclear boundaries about what's acceptable and what's not, coupled with the fact that we have had precisely no visitors for the last year and a half. Um, yeah. So our kids don't have a ton of training in how it's okay to speak around family members, right? So, uh, <laughs> so you know, so again, for example... So Rex is 11, right? He is in sixth grade. He is at a, a big public school uh, where sixth grade is the youngest grade. It goes six to 12. Uh, and so Rex, for example, has just figured out that 69 is a funny number on the internet, but does not oh, know no. does not know why. Uh, oh no, Ari, yes. I didn't know that. Oh, oh really? No. I feel like I hear those about it fucking all the time. Videos. Well, but also the kids he's with, right? So like, so like you know, he understands that four twenty and sixty nine are funny, right? Look, he's got the sense of humor. Is same sense of humor as billionaire Elon Musk. So he's got that going for him. So what? Elon Musk <laughs> recently tweeted about 420 and 69, and I could not be more embarrassed for our country's rich people. Anyway, um, so, uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway. He, he also tweeted at Bernie Sanders the other day something yes. like, I thought you were dead. Yeah, I am. <laughs> He's an idiot. <laughs> uh, to any of our listeners that are fans of Elon Musk out there, please stop simping for billionaires. Come on. We're adults here. All right. <laughs> um, he's not going to give you a free car. He doesn't like you. He doesn't care about you. All right. Anyway, enough. No politics. Uh, that's not politics. That's just <laughs> fuck billionaires. All right. So anyway. So Rex <laughs> knows. We might cut that. So Rex, uh, Rex knows that 69 and 420 are to be laughed at. He does not know exactly why. And I have not. I'm not. I have not exactly explained it to him other than to say, look, 69 just. Just know that's a sex joke. And, like, just let's not run around saying that stuff around Grandpa and Nana. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the same way that you're like, maybe don't yell, Jesus Christ, in front of your pastor grandfather. Oof. It's just, you know, it's not going to get yeah. the laugh you think it's going to. Um, Every time they do that, I it's like you have to peel me off the ceiling. Uh, I'm like... And then at one point, he, like, ran and he's <laughs> like, Grandpa... This video got 69,000 views, LOL. And it's just like, Rex, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Like, <laughs> he, uh, that's not, like, one of the things we're trying to teach him is, is read the room. Like, know who your audience yeah. is. Like, I've said to him before, too, which is like, like, and like, I remember being 11. I remember being in sixth grade. That is an age where you are figuring a lot of stuff out. And you are figuring out your relationship to, like, obscenity and sex and all these things. So I get it. You've got to try those words out. But, but you've got to try them out, like, at your friend's house when we're not around. Like, that's... Yeah, not with, not with Ned Flanders, your grandpa. <laughs> right. So, like... Uh, <laughs> And honestly, not even with your parents to a certain extent, right? Like, I get it. You've got to blow yeah. that stuff Ugh. off. I, I get it. But, like, I don't know how many times I've got to tell him, like, hey, man, that's never going to get a laugh from me. Like, I don't want my 11-year-old yeah. lolling about 69. Just and, and no, I won't explain it to you. Just yeah. know it's a sex thing and we're not going to talk about it. Anytime he brings up anything about anyone's nuts in someone's mouth, Which I, is, can't, I can't. You're going to say constantly. Whoa. Yeah. 
And so, and sometimes they'll come up with what is like a well-constructed and appropriate joke, and I won't know how to reply. Like I, I told you this, Betsy. I think it made yeah. you cringe into the ground. Where he said, "Knock, knock. Who's there? Fitness. Fitness. Who? Fitness. Whole nutsack in your mouth." And I was like, "Boy, oh, <laughs> oh no!" Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I figure I'll That's that public schooling for you. Yeah. 11-year-olds yeah. <laughs> in L.A. But it's also like, look, he's got to figure this stuff out. Even if figure out is in terms of like the way he's going to learn not to say that around adults is from saying it around us so that he doesn't say that in English class, right? Um, so anyway, so he... So that's the background of that. So there's always this little dance of when adults are visiting. It's like, how can we, without being, you know, overly, you know, speech codes with our kids, how can we, like, just hope they don't say awful things? So that's the background, right? Um, <laughs> so we, uh, so we're like, you know, we've got the the relatives in town and we want to, and uh, Marnie, Betsy's sister, has never been to L.A. And she's got like a like a bucket list of like L.A. things she wants to do and we want to do things that would be fun for them. So we have this, so someone has this great idea of let's go to the observatory. If you don't live in L.A., Griffith Park Observatory is this wonderful, like, what is it even? It's like a... It's an observatory. It's a giant. It's at the top of of a mountain. Yeah, it's an observatory where you can look up to the stars. They have all these telescopes. It was featured in the movie Rebel Without a Cause, like quite prominently. It's a you can see it sort of like the Hollywood sign from like lots of different points in the city. It's it's amazing. It's a really it's, pretty building. It has cool stuff. It's where yeah. they float in uh, when they're dancing in La La Land. There you go. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, for any of you that have not recently watched Rebel Without a Cause, La La Land is maybe a little more of a current <laughs> reference. Um, but at any rate, the observatory is wonderful. Uh, our kids love it, and we haven't been there in a while because it's been it's been closed because uh, of the pandemic. So it's recently reopened. So we're like, that's great. Um, now at this now there's there's eight of us because we have a family of five and there's three of them. Uh, so this means it's a two car trip, and uh, and Betsy goes, hey Ari. How about you ride with my stepmom? And I went, yes, thank you. You are awesome. Because in my mind, what I thought she meant was, I'll take the kids and my dad. You go hang out with my stepmom and my sister. Right? That's not what she meant. Which, yes. Yes. I, Ari, don't think that was my idea. I think I was just yes-anding whatever my dad and stepmom wanted to do. Well, whatever the reason... I, I want to be clear that I don't think it was my intention at, in that moment to really, like, screw you over. Well, one, one of us has to. It's like that joke. It's like the two guys in the woods that, you know, like with the bear. It's like, I, I don't have to run faster than the bear. I just have to run faster than you. So it's like one of us yeah. has to be in a car with those kids. So we, <laughs> so we get in two cars. So one car is me and Betsy's stepmom and the three kids in the back. And so we have we have a small car and when as long as the three kids aren't crammed together in the back it's usually fine now once again all three kids crammed together in the back so we're in our car betsy and the adults are in the other adults are in her dad's rental car so we yeah it's me my dad and my sister and we, so we type it into ways 
you know, how long do the observatory? And it's like 20 minutes or whatever. And so we, we get right out of our driveway. We pull up to the corner of the street and, uh, we're next to you guys. And as a joke, right. We're like, yeah. we'll race you there. Right. The joke being that we both have the same GPS app and we're going to the same place. So we will arrive yeah. at the same time. But it's sort of a joke. It's like, oh, well, we're going to pass yeah. them and then blah, 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 right? So we start going up Western. And then at one point, you guys keep going straight. And then we, our GPS says to turn. So like, okay, that's interesting, right? Because it's part of the algorithm of ways. They're trying to get us through a little bit faster. So we're like, all right. And, and we're in the car. We're still kidding. Like, all right, you know, we're going to get, we're going to beat them there. Ha ha. And then at one point, I think I even joked, like, you know, it's going to be really embarrassing when we pull in there and they've already been there for an hour. Prophecy! <laughs> so we start driving and then we, right away the kids are bickering a bit, right? And so I'm trying to be as, try to de-escalate it, but like as, it, as charming and parenting in public a way as I can, right? Because Sam is there. And I, I want her to think I'm good at this. So uh, eventually we start hitting just the most bizarre series of traffic impediments of just everything is closed <laughs> and Waze is constantly recalculating and constantly recalculating. And at one point, you, and, and the longer we're in this car, the kids are getting grumpier and grumpier. And oh, by the way, when I say the kids, Ajax, the middle kid, he's not a part of the problem. He's a middle kid, so he's the peacemaker. And it's the five-year-old. <laughs> hey, yeah. what are you in the birth order? I'm an only child. Oh, you're an only child. Okay. Yeah, I'm I only child. I think I knew that. Sorry. No, don't be. Got it. All right. Well, middle child, he is like the peacekeeper a yes. lot of times. If everyone else is acting the fool, he, he'll be like, oh, hi, I'm being good, aren't I? Did I not do everything, you ask? Like, so, <laughs> you know, and then sometimes he piles on and makes it everything yeah, much worse. But, but a lot of the time. And then he, Rex, Rex would be like, hey, yeah. Jack, you're just trying to get on dad's good side. And I'd be like, yeah. All of you should try to be it getting works. on Dad's good side. This will work every time. Please. You're not manipulating me by agreeing to do it. Anyway, so at one point, Betsy, you text me and you're like, we just parked. And I look at Waze and it's like half an hour left. Like, what, what? the fuck is happening? And we're getting turned everywhere. And, and now, so the 5-year-old and the 11-year-old are starting in on each other. They sit next to each other because the five-year-old's in a car oh, seat. No. So he's got to be in the center, right? And those two can not leave each other alone. The five-year-old nope. cannot de-escalate an argument at all. He refuses to. And the 11-year-old has to be right. Right, so... And he always has to get in the last word, too. Like to get it's, in the last word. It's, it's fucked. He cannot not say something he has to and, and so it, say something it'll be the perfect example will be like the five-year-old will like put his arm a little bit into rex's space knowing he's not supposed to but you would think the 11 year old would just be able to live with that but no and it escalates really quick to you know punching each other Odie now starts screaming right now we eventually get 
So Griffin Oof. Park Observatory. Which is the worst, because then you think you're going to get in a car accident and kill everyone. Oh, don't worry. We were moving too slow for that to happen. So uh, we were going like five miles an hour. Griffith Observatory is on top of a mountain, and it's next to the Greek Theater, which is one of L.A.'s big open-air venues. And I believe, if I recall correctly, the Beatles reunion was happening, or something, because there were tens of thousands of cars. So we are now, with them screaming in the car, we are driving up trying to get up to the observatory where I think you guys are already like looking at Saturn and we're just getting up, no parking anywhere, no parking anywhere. <laughs> the, uh, Odie and Rex just screaming at each other, hitting, you know, and poor Sarah, like to just be in that car. And I have already, like I still kind of kept my cool, but I'm like, guys, knock that off, you know, or, you know, and I pulled this like, or we're going to turn this car around, right? We're going to just go home. Yeah, because you also want to appear to be competent in front of relatives who are um, experienced parents. Right. And the ticking time bomb, the whole thing I'm just worried in my heart about is that Odie, when he gets oh, yeah. really frustrated, will throw some F-bombs oh, yeah. around. And yeah. it is so important to me. That's his, like, nuclear option. Yes. And once that gets thrown out, it's like fucking nuclear fallout and forever. all I want is for your stepmom to not hear my five-year-old swear. I feel like the illusion that I've yeah. built up of control of being a reasonable parent will all go out the window like she will she will see the mask fall and see my true lizard face. It, and as I'm thinking this, Odie just goes, fuck you, Rex. And I'm like, no. And so Odie <laughs> just starts yelling, you know, five years old. Fuck <laughs> you. Ah, fuck you. And I'm like, no. Oh, God, no. And so meanwhile, we get up to the observatory and there's no parking anywhere. So we have to turn around, start driving down the mountain with them screaming at each other. And I'm trying to make up stuff like all right uh well, i don't even remember like i make up some reward like we'll get ice cream if you guys stop fighting and they don't stop fighting and uh <laughs> be able to go, fuck you and then can we add a milkshake like are you insane and so at some point <laughs> at some point i just go all right we're going home uh so we've been in the car now for an hour to get to this place 20 minutes away with the kids screaming, me just stewing in embarrassment. There's nowhere to park. And even if we did find somewhere to park, it would have been at the bottom of the mountain with a half an hour walk up. What I should have done is let your stepmom off at the observatory and just taken right. the kids home so she didn't have to deal with this. Although I feel like right, maybe, or even left Ajax with us, or even maybe left Ajax with you, for whatever reason that did not occur to me. Maybe because those are the two like rocks of sanity in that moment. The idea of getting rid of one of them seemed crazy. Um, <laughs> I think what, then it would just be you, just a balloon flying through the air, no strings. We goodbye. Pretty much. So I think what ended up happening is like. We ended up going home where, meanwhile, Rex and Odie have been stripped of all screen privileges. I think what happened is, like, Sarah decided to bake cookies with Ajax, if I recall, as, that sounds as like, right. a reward. Yeah. For, like, you've been nice, so you get to spend 
Um, and of course, you know, when we take screens away, Odie will just do his time because he's got a lot of interests. So if we take screens away from him, <laughs> he's like, all right, tough guy, I'm going to play with Legos. Ha, fuck me, fuck you. <laughs> uh, whereas yeah. Rex will just lose his mind because he can't conceive of doing anything that's not screens. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we just never made it. And we ended up essentially... Oh, and, and by the way, when we decided to go to the observatory, which is one of the kids' favorite places, of course we got, no, we don't want to go, blah, blah, blah. They just want to stay home and play on iPads. Um, so instead, Ugh. I was like, no, no, let's go be in traffic screaming and swearing at each other for an hour and then go home and be punished. Which means, by the way, they were right. <laughs> we never should have left the house. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and Sarah, All right. Sarah, well, God you know, bless her, that's... just the best sport about everything. Um, but, uh, uh, Sarah, if you are listening, and I know they periodically listen to this podcast, know that I have, in my life, top ten, top, top ten most mortifying moments uh, for me was having my five-year-old swear like a sailor on shore leave in front of maybe the <laughs> politest person I have ever met in my life. Well, Ari, that's, um, that's exactly what I thought happened. Yeah. And... I'm an open goddamn book. And I'm I'm glad that you didn't tell me. I'm glad to have been <laughs> spared that embarrassment. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the other thing, too, is the other component of that is, like, now I must, I must distill this experience into just pure green poison and drink it by myself in this closet so that you don't have to stress about it. Because it was like... What, my day was already ruined. There's no angle in also stressing you out about it. Right? right. It's, like, it's not necessarily going to make me feel better. It's just going to suck you down into the swamp. So it's like, wow, what the hell? Oh, yeah. That's so funny, <laughs> that, that realization of being like, I think I'm going to keep this to myself because uh, we don't need to add any other stress. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I don't need to have her involved with this stress. Um, it, she's got enough going on. In the war movie where you're like, where that guy's yeah. like, I've been shot in the gut. I'm not going to make it. Give me the machine gun. You guys just get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It's the parenting version of that. Right, it's like, it looks heroic, but you weren't going to make it anyway. It's just you might as well use what's left of your life to benefit the team. I love this time of year, but I hate the pressure that comes with trying to find the kids in your life the perfect gift. You want to get them something fun, but not so fun it rots their brains. You want to get them something smart, but not so smart that it just sits on a shelf, untouched. I can't tell you how many random science lab kits there are sitting on my bookshelf right now. My kids get it, they look at it for one second, and then it goes to live in the science kit graveyard slash the shelf. So this year I am giving them a gift that's going to last a lifetime. The gift of learning with something called OutSchool. OutSchool offers the largest variety of live, interactive, online classes for kids pre-K all the way through high school. They're super affordable. You can choose the size and the group that works best for your child while giving them an experience that's best for them. They even have one-on-one -on -one classes. And these classes are actually fun. They cover every interest you could even think of and some that you can't. Like video game design, cartoon animation, playing an instrument, speaking a language, creative writing, and so much more. There's something for every kid. OutSchool makes it easy for kids to learn what they love, a gift that gives back to them over and over for their whole lives. I'm giving my child a gift that's going to last a lifetime, and you can too. To learn more about all that OutSchool has to offer, and to save $15 off your kid's first class, go to outschool.com. 
dot com slash WMD. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash WMD to save $15 off your child's first class. Outschool.com slash WMD. This holiday season, I want to give a gift to my loved ones that makes them feel special and unique, just like the relationship that we share. And that's why I'm giving them StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years and generations to come. It's a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you with those who matter most. Every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you never thought to ask, like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or, if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? You can even customize it with your own prompts. After one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your loved ones' stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you're going to be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I know that there are people in our lives who had amazing, rich histories that we want to share with our own children and our nieces and our nephews. And this is a beautiful opportunity to hear it straight from the source and to have it in this gorgeous book forever. Plus, reading the weekly stories help connect you with your loved ones, no matter how far or near you are. When you give story worth, you're giving those that you love most a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart, and you're preserving their memories and their stories for years to come. Go to storyworth.com slash WMD and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash WMD to save $10 on your first purchase. 2020 was a real doozy, and if you're anything like everyone else, you might be feeling like it's time to get some help and talk with someone. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. I don't know anyone who isn't struggling right now, and it doesn't hurt to reach out for help. You deserve to feel happy. So what is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. You can get help with motivation, depression, anxiety. Maybe you're having anger issues, stress, dealing with insecurity in relationships or at work. Maybe difficulties with your romantic relationships or your kids. Whatever you need. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. I tried it out and I was amazed at how easy it was to find a therapist and I was really impressed by how quickly they reached out to me. So join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. You got to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help everyone else. So for Why Mommy Drinks listeners, BetterHelp is going to give you 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com slash drinks. So again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash drinks. And let's slide into 2021 feeling strong, happy, and healthy. <laughs> well, here, let me keep it moving by telling you what's broken me, everyone. Um... So now that our 11-year-old is in middle school, grades are starting to be more important, right? We have a we have a kid in 4th grade, our 9-year-old, and you know, we have another kid in kindergarten, and how they do in school, you know, we want them to do well, but ultimately it's not a huge deal if they miss school or 
get a bad grade or whatever because they have lots of time to figure shit out and it's not going to be on their permanent record or anything like that with with the younger dude they don't even do letter grades they're like you got a, a one two three or four they're even telling you it's not real grades right so now we are in middle school there are real grades for the first time and we are seeing we are beginning to see the I don't know, the landscape stretched out in front of us between now and graduating from high school. We're like seeing that, that path. Um, And so now grades are more important. So we, (laughs) for me personally, growing up, I made okay grades, but I never really was that successful academically because for various reasons, but one of them was just, I kind of didn't, I didn't have the best study habits. I would cram for tests. Um, I would get easily frustrated. I was also really overscheduled and didn't have enough downtime and uh, was just sort of a stressed out, overwhelmed kid who probably needed therapy. Um, so... I, I, I never quite reached my full potential. Uh, I probably made like a B, B plus, B, B minus average somewhere, somewhere in the Bs. Note to parents, if you don't get your kids the therapy they need, they will grow up and podcast. This is true. <laughs> uh, well, by the way, for my part, I was a, a pretty consistent B student who was constantly reminded that he should be an A student if he could just focus and apply himself because no one knew what ADHD was mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, that was my story, too. Yep. Still is. Do you have ADHD, Frank? Uh, I was diagnosed with ADD um, when I was in kindergarten because they told me, they told my mom, like, he's finishing his work, but then he's, like, uh, disrupting the other kids and he's, like, not focusing. And at that time in Texas in the 80s, uh, our, our governor at the time, George W. Bush, um, Heard of him. had a program uh, called Transitional First Grade. For kids who weren't ready for first grade because um, the option was they gave my mom put him on Ritalin or he can do this transitional first grade after kindergarten and um, she was like I'm not doping him up uh, I'm not putting him on Ritalin I think because she didn't know much about it too and she kind of just yeah. made the, the scare you know like you know there's dosage, dosages and stuff but she saw how the other kids were kind of um, over medicated yeah, so, and, and I'm not, I'm not she, trying to influence any parenting decisions out there, but to me, five seems young to... Yeah, yeah. that's what she that's what she equated it to, and she was just like, he's just a kid, and he'll probably grow out of it, and you know, it'll be fine. And so they put me in this program of transitional first grade, and I was, of course, just like, I, I was doing my work fast, and the teacher's like, he doesn't belong in here. Uh, but mm-hmm. I still finished out the year and then started um, first grade a year later than the kids I went to kindergarten with. Uh, but over time, uh, it was pretty clear that I still struggled with it uh, because I would just not focus. And everybody was just like, when you apply yourself, you're, you know, you're doing great. But you just don't focus or you don't care. And um, I mean, even to yeah. my adult years, uh, it's still kind of being a, been a problem and because of healthcare and stuff, I haven't really been properly. I just now recently started going back to therapy and uh, getting back on meds and stuff. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. 
Yeah. You need help to get help. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really hard when you're constantly uh, going from insurance to insurance and all all of that. And I'll see too, well, good it, good job, Frank, getting getting on the horse again. Especially yeah, I mean, dealing I'm with something like ADD, to. which makes it particularly difficult to get help. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like here, you navigate the American healthcare system. Focus up. <laughs> yeah. So I was always I was someone who made like B minus, but to B plus, but without a lot of effort. And I probably I could have applied a lot more effort. I'm sure. Um, and my mom didn't I didn't get pressure from my parents at all when it came to grades they there was no um at all it was like if I got a C which I didn't get C's I think but if even if I did there was no no one made anything of it um and I but I also grew up with some kids who man if you got anything that wasn't an A uh you would be grounded for a month yeah, and I knew lots of kids who were paid to read books and all sorts of stuff. So I, I had my own experience in mind and their experience in mind. And I mean, the two kids that I just told you about, I know one of them went to Yale. And the other one is something like that also. She's probably like a fucking doctor now. So I was like, you know what? Maybe... I should put a little pressure on our kids to get good grades. Not like, not like lock them in a in a room for a weekend, but but let's maybe incentivize it more. Express um, the value that the family holds. Yeah, I would like it to be a value because I want them to succeed. Um, and grades seem to be a, a, a way that society is like, ah, yes, success. I recognize it through that grade. We've all decided and agreed. Uh, so anyway, uh, this is me telling a way too long story. Okay. So we've been trying to get Rex to have good grades. There's been a lot of focus on it. There was a lot of stuff going on with uh, distance learning during the pandemic um, that we thought when we came back in person would melt away. But now instead, there's just still a lot of on um, uh, very present um, hands-on uh, stuff with school and parents. Um he has a teacher, for example, his English teacher will send every weekend, she sends this email out about what happened last week and what's about to happen this week. And it is, um, it's like a 10 paragraph essay, these emails. And then she also expects us to, the parents, to go online and check their daily grades and assignments and, like, make sure that the kids are doing them and stuff and, like, keeping tabs on it. And uh, number one, no. Uh, number two, uh, we have three kids. Um, number three, oh, fuck no. No, thank you very much. No. Short answer, so, no. Long answer, no. No. <laughs> 
And so we've been trying to meet with this woman over Zoom, and she's very challenging to communicate with. And it's definitely where, you know, Ari and I, I think, are fairly good at communicating uh, more so than maybe the average person because we are improv teachers and storytellers and podcasters and interviewers. We're pretty good, I think, at listening and and uh communicating but man we are really having a challenge with this one teacher she we met with her and we maybe said two words she just kind of talked and um and boy that has really been breaking me because anytime there's the most minor infraction we get this weird we get an email accompanied with a robocall where it is reading her email out loud (laughs) we get so many fuck and it's like your son is in danger of failing because he was distracted in class and so anyway so he got some grades that he was not proud about he was upset um that he got some bad grades he got a c in one class and i think a d in another class and um, we we had a disagreement about the C, I think. He essentially was like, it's a good grade. And we were like, well, but it's not. Um, it doesn't mean you can't do better, but it's not a good grade. And he's like, yeah, it is. It's, it's acceptable. We're like, no, yeah, well, it's not. I mean, it's not really acceptable. Um, it's not a big deal. Let's just, like, let's figure out how we're going to get better. Um, and he was really upset about about that. Um, yeah, I, I, don't I mean, I feel like the story over, is kind of all over the place. I don't want to shame him over grades, but also he's in sixth grade. Now is not the time to learn to be proud of a C. Like it's no, and and there's so much room for him to figure out how to do this. Like now is the time to figure this out. I would I would rather him figure out how to study and how to meet the expectations of his teachers and how to stay organized in sixth grade instead of in tenth grade when it actually matters. Absolutely. And this is what I was going to say is that he's at an age now where your grade is more or less directly proportional to how much effort you want to put in. This isn't organic mm-hmm. chemistry. That He's not reading, you know, difficult textbooks at this point. The grades that he's not doing well, and it's because he's, like, not turning in homework or he's not studying for tests. So this is an age where you can choose to yeah. do well. That's not always going to be the case. you got to build those work habits yeah. now. Yeah. And so in the meantime, uh, I've been having to, like, reach out to the teachers that he's not getting good grades in uh, and, like, set up Zoom meetings and go back and forth with all the scheduling there and, like, talk to them about how can he do better. And I just really didn't think – I didn't realize that, that that would all be expected, but I think it is very expected. And there's a lot of weird holdover sort of helicoptering from um, – from distance learning during the pandemic that has stayed here now in the present. And I'm, and I'm not thrilled about it. I don't want to be fucking checking his, his assignments every, every day. That's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only going to get nuts or the older the kids get. That's the, the expectation, especially from this one teacher that we will be fully involved and fully invested. I get it. I get it. We, we, we should be present, but we're not, we're not we, we're not teaching this goddamn class. Like we have stuff to do. 
No, you should go yeah. there and sit. Ask her to have an extra desk so that you can go there and sit in class <laughs> with your child so that you can keep tabs. There you go. We'll just go and be his his aide. Yeah, she'd be like, great, please tell him not to <laughs> fiddle around with his chair. I'm pretty sure he got docked points because he, what was it? He was no, like playing with his he, pen? Yeah, he, he's not listening. He's playing too much. And I said, what does playing mean? And he goes, you know, like playing with his also, eraser. Also, he's 11. In class. Yeah. And, and I said, uh, I was like, playing with his eraser. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, well, okay, just, you know, so you, just so you know, for context, like, that's not him being intentionally disrespectful. That's, uh, you know, he's a spirited kid. He's energetic. He has trouble sitting still. That's just kind of the way he is. That's the way he's wired. And she goes, oh, so sounds like you're okay with him getting unacceptable grades. That was the first thing she said to me. I was like, okay, lady. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's been a challenge. The holidays are upon us. Give yourself and your wallet a much-needed break. Enjoy delicious, affordable meals delivered to your door and ready to go in just six simple steps. Every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients. And now is the perfect time to focus on saving money easily. Meal planning can feel like one more item on an endless to-do list, but every plate provides easy-to-follow recipe cards and pre-portioned ingredients, so you can spend less time prepping and cooking and more time enjoying good food with your family and loved ones. Recipes come together in about 30 minutes, which is definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store with a screaming kid and then coming home to start a meal from scratch. Every plate's going to plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a delightful price. You can think about it like this. One meal from every plate is about the same price as a cup of coffee. So skip that pumpkin spice latte and let every plate make it easy and affordable to cook hearty, delicious, family-pleasing meals. Also, you can give the gift of every plate to your family, friends, and loved ones this season. We all get in a dinner rut, but with every plate, you get to choose between 17 recipes that change every week. I can truly say, honestly, every meal that we made from every plate was delicious. And now you can try every plate for just $1.79 per meal. $1.79 per meal. So go to everyplate.com, enter the code WMD179, and you can get started with or gift up to a $104 value. So get started with every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code WMD179. I love this time of year, but I hate the pressure that comes with trying to find the kids in your life the perfect gift. You want to get them something fun, but not so fun it rots their brains. You want to get them something smart, but not so smart that it just sits on a shelf, untouched. I can't tell you how many random science lab kits there are sitting on my bookshelf right now. My kids get it, they look at it for one second, and then it goes to live in the science kit graveyard slash the shelf. So this year, I am giving them a gift that's going to last a lifetime. The gift of learning with something called OutSchool. OutSchool offers the largest variety of live, interactive, online classes for kids pre-K all the way through high school. They're super affordable. You can choose the size and the group that works best for your child while giving them an experience that's best for them. They even have one-on-one classes. 
And these classes are actually fun. They cover every interest you could even think of and some that you can't. Like video game design, cartoon animation, playing an instrument, speaking a language, creative writing, and so much more. There's something for every kid. OutSchool makes it easy for kids to learn what they love, a gift that gives back to them over and over for their whole lives. I'm giving my child a gift that's going to last a lifetime, and you can too. To learn more about all that OutSchool has to offer and to save $15 off your kid's first class, go to OutSchool.com WMD. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash WMD to save $15 off your child's first class. Outschool.com slash WMD. Uh, Frank, I can't wait to hear um, what what you have come to tell us today. What, what has I mean, broken you? I don't know. I mean, just hearing these stories, my head is just like swimming. Uh, there's just so many little little things uh i'm afraid that my big you know story is just like way too heavy you guys know uh my history i know the story i mean it's so epic yeah i mean you might want to tell it just because it's it's more epic than any other story that ever was (laughs) told yeah i think um more I'll, i'll kind of buffer it a little bit i think more recently um my three year old she attends uh preschool and uh, they had an evaluation sheet that they filled out and uh, we got it and we we're looking over it and they don't have like pass fail. It's just kind of like understands it, doesn't understand it or is fair with it or whatever. And she got the lowest grade on this one question that said um, recognizes if they're a boy or a girl and acts accordingly. What? And what? I immediately recognizes was like, if Nora is a boy or a girl. Yes, they so, asked them, "Are you a boy or are you a girl?" <gasps> and they grade if they act accordingly to it. So literally, in Ew. LA in 2021, yes, they're, LA, they're graded on conforms to gender roles. Basically, Whoa. I see. Here's the thing. I so that immediately I got really pissed off about. I sent a picture to. Um, my part i say partner instead of wife but yeah uh but i i i or i messaged her that picture of the the assessment she because everything else seemed like pretty normal like stuff for kids like what they're developing and stuff but that one i was just like it really bothered me and so i texted it to her and she got pissed off about it rightfully so and then i i was like maybe i don't know i'll text the other parents that we talked to that are you know Mm -hmm. have kids in this class and they were like yeah that was weird so then i was like (laughs) i was like okay um i'm gonna go talk to when i pick her up uh from class you know on friday or whatever i'm gonna talk to her teacher and see like what's up with this you know nothing i'm not gonna come at it like too harsh or anything because luckily i had a buffer (laughs) Because luckily I had a buffer because um, when I got there, I was like, hey, by the way, we saw the evaluation sheet. Sorry she doesn't know her last name. We've never just taught her that uh, yet. Because that was one of the questions was like, does she know her last name or anything like that? I was like, first of all, sorry about that. But hey, um, by the way, uh, this, this portion right here, what's up with that? You know, like just being like, it was a little, we felt it was archaic. We just kind of put it like that. And she goes, oh, yeah, um, that she goes, I felt weird about that question, too. 
And she said that the, the school itself, like, put gave them those questionnaires to fill out and, you know, do that. Or they, they administer it, the school, the heads of the school oh. administer it. So I was like, okay. And the teacher was like, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I can maybe talk to them. I was like, no, I don't want you to get in, you know, any kind of hot water or whatever or feel like you're, you know, pushing back or whatever. I was like, I'll be happy to talk to them. So I, I made an email you know, that weekend, just kind of being like, hey, here are my concerns with how this is worded and stuff. And she's three and like, just my, my basically my <laughs> issues with this thing. And so I wrote this long email and just being like, we really have a problem with acts accordingly, especially because it's like she yeah. loves what she loves. You know, she loves monster trucks and she loves uh, like princess stuff. You know, it's just like whatever she likes she likes and there's no talk she's a about fully rounded human being right yeah, yeah there's no talk about like because we don't believe in that of being like this is for girls and this is for boys right because we're uh yeah. living in the 21st century but <laughs> uh she so i emailed didn't hear anything back but then we got an email back uh that monday uh, saying like, uh, we understand your concerns, you know, we, we, we evaluated it and we, we realized like, yes, maybe it is outdated. We'll update it. Uh, that being said, like, you know, usually kids at their age can identify if they're a boy or a girl. She had to like kind of throw that in there. And I was hmm. like, what the fuck? But I was like, well, at least you're getting rid of this, you know, thing. <laughs> And then the I love that you're like, hey, I don't like this. And she's like, okay, that's cool. But usually kids aren't such fucking idiots. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Snowflake. Like, um, what? Yeah, it was really like, it kind of like a under jab. Like, I don't yes. know, it was made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And so she seemed annoyed because I had to pay her tuition that like day too when we got the email the email response. And she seemed annoyed annoyed with me when I and I said, hey, thanks for answering that email. And she seemed annoyed with me, kind of being like, whatever. And I talked to the teacher, and the teacher was like, oh, yeah, I talked to them. Um, and I let them know, and I told her, like, yeah, they responded to me. And then, like, that week, she was. we got an email saying, uh, this teacher will no longer be uh, your child's teacher. She's moving on and blah, blah, blah. And what? I was like, oh, no. My, but, like, see, my partner was like, I don't think that has anything to do with it because the teacher herself like seemed pretty overwhelmed uh, taking care of three-year-olds. It felt Fair. like every day she, she was just in over her head. So that probably had something <laughs> to do with it. And talking to her, she's like, I want to try some of the other stuff. But I was like, oh, God, I hope that I didn't, you know, by being like, hey, this is a fucked up question. Why don't you say something about it? I didn't say that. But you know, like it just felt like, oh, no, to be did fair, I? She's got bigger fish to fry than being like, are you a boy or a girl? Are you a boy or a girl? Yeah. Fail. Teacher yeah. did How not do you act? act accordingly. It really was just like, it do gave you like me... this doll? Fail. <laughs> what do you think? Um, That's... Yeah, I, I don't know. So I've just been teaching her. Um, at school just to go there and say a cab if she ever sees like a paw patrol thing or anything you know just <laughs> yeah. um no but i we we after that happened though we just told her like you know like you'll like what you like and whatever you know like don't don't worry about that stuff like you just don't it's not a thing it's not a thing you know like don't I don't know. We just want her to make sure that she's comfortable being who she is and that, you know, she will find her identity and whatever, you know, later on. Um, you, you all are still in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. Well, we're we're uh, yeah, a little outside of it. We're in the like 
North Hollywood, Toluca Lake area. Okay, but you're not in like uh, what S- Santa Clarita or whatever. No, 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 no. no. Like, like, uh, like Salt Lake you're City not in Orange or something County. like that, right? You're not in, no. uh, you're not in Texas 19th where I century grew up. Yeah. England, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Was the woman, was the administrator who was pissy with you, was, is she older? Uh, yeah, I think like a little bit older, but not too much older. Not so much older that it would seem like this would make sense. No, it's not like when you watch a movie and there's like a stuffy old person there being like, well, you know, like right. not kind of yeah. getting their heart candies in a ruffle. Ma'am. But... Girls in <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Huh. So, Frank, um, Frank, uh, please tell us, tell us the big, big yeah. story of, of, yes. So my daughter was born in... September of 2018. Um, And that was already rough as it was because she came a month early. My wife literally had her last day of work before she was taking her maternity leave. Um, She like bartends or she's like, uh, she heads up a bar, a bar manager. And she was like, all right, I'm ready to relax before this baby comes. And literally that night she went into labor. Um, And all the plans that we had, just went out the window because there wasn't room for her at, on the you know maternity unit. Like uh, all the beds <gasps> were filled up, and so she had to be in the triage uh, for hours and hours. And then finally, she started going into labor, and we just never got a room. So they had to wheel her into um, a like this old part of the hospital that was like an OR that like from the what? 60s or what? 70s it was like really Wait a second frank what hospital was this uh hollywood presbyterian <laughs> okay yeah and what is the triage what does that even well, mean like it's basically where... tuberculosis ward yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's basically where they 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 treat patients before they get a room like it's kind of like the the where they keep you for a little bit while they figure out what's going on and where you need to go <gasps> Is it like that big room that you go to at the ER where you're just separated by curtains? Uh, no, this was like its own separate room, oh. but like it's only meant for like okay. temporary, you know, stay or whatever. Um, but okay. anyway, so she had to stay there because there was no bed. Like all the tour that we did and everything that they promised us just wasn't there because everybody else uh-huh. was, you know, they had. So then they had a wheeler into the scary. It looked like something from Saw, like the lights were kind of flickering and stuff. So. <laughs> oh, so was full clown makeup well the doctor also <laughs> was on call with something else so then this like uh nurse was like kind of like i think i can do that like it was just everything oh, no. that could go wrong and Jeez. my partner was just like she was just like i this is fucking insane this is terrible i can't do that you know so but then luckily yeah. uh, her doctor showed up like last minute and was able to deliver our daughter but um it it was it was Ooh. tough it was t- it was already off to a bad start uh and then of course like uh our daughter just didn't want to sleep and every you know how this is every five minutes another person kept coming in the room being like Mm. why aren't you sleeping why aren't you sleeping sleep when the baby sleeps sleep when the baby sleeps like well how do we sleep when one the baby's not sleeping and two you keep fucking (laughs) coming in here asking the same goddamn questions even though i don't know what the fuck you're typing into your uh, your your computers like yeah. why aren't you reading each other's notes uh, which will play into what we're about to what the late uh, the rest of the story gets into but like oh no so anyway everything is fine 
uh, we get home, you know, a couple of days later, everything is good. Uh, so about, a, I want to say maybe three weeks or a month later, my mom comes to visit from Texas uh, to see uh, our daughter and help out if we needed it, you know, whatever. And we had a wedding to go to uh, that weekend. So we're like, great, um, my mom can watch our daughter and we can go to this wedding and it'll be great. So we go to the wedding. It's all great. We come back home. Um, I, at this time, I thought because how sleep deprived you are whenever you have a newborn, I kept jumping out of bed thinking that I hurt her. But we only had a one bedroom apartment at that time. So she was in the room with us. But Ooh. I would. Was she in the bed with you? No, she was. Uh, well, yeah, actually, oh. at that point. Uh, maybe she was in the crib at that point. I can't remember. We, uh, it was a mix between her being in like a boppy thing. I know you're not supposed to do that, but, um, or in the bed, uh, and then also in the like little bassinet type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember just being like so sleep deprived and thinking like, Oh my God, she needs me. And I'd get up and I thought I had pulled something in my groin from doing that. Uh, cause I was just ah. in so much pain and I was kind of paranoid about a month before that. And I went to the doctor and I was like, can I get a physical? And they're like, yes. And I was like, I need to be checked out for this, this, I'm just having these worries. And they were like, no, you're fine. You're too young to have anything wrong. Like you're, you're going to be fine. <gasps> and, uh, they like gave me like, uh, extra strength ibuprofen or whatever. Cause I had like gout too, too flaring young. up and I was like, what the fuck? and, uh, so then uh, that night, though, we get back from the the wedding and I was kind of having these pains and I was like, eh, it's nothing. I'm just kind of I just got to stretch a little bit. And then just this I was in the kitchen with a, a glass uh, in my hand. And the next thing I remember, I just hear like smash. And my partner was like, what 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 happened when you just why did you drop that glass? And I was just doubled over in pain because it's like like <gasps> just huge huge pain just came through like shot up my stomach and like my groin i was just like i couldn't stand up i was just in the worst pain of my entire life and it felt Oof. like it just kind of came out of nowhere so then i was like I, I don't know i don't know and it was so bad that i was just in tears and she's like you need to go to the emergency room and i was like we yeah. don't have insurance and she's like just oh. just go just go so like, but I I'm went too young to be sick. Yeah, exactly. So then I, <laughs> but so I had to call an Uber and because I didn't Sorry, think but that in and of itself is so wild because like, we know people whose children have been yes, there's such very a thing as a, sick. It's called like, a yeah. children's hospital. So therefore, yeah. you, there's no you such thing. There's something called a NICU. You can always, from yeah. day one, be sick. Yeah. So that should have been. I mean, that. But the thing thing is, like, I didn't have insurance. So I'm going to the kind of like pay doctor type of thing that's over there on Hollywood, you know, Boulevard, kind of, you know. A uh, little sketch, but, you know, what I could afford. And the doctor yeah. just doesn't care, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I had to call an Uber because she couldn't drive. My my partner didn't have a uh, license at the time and also couldn't leave the baby. And I couldn't drive because I was in so much pain. But I had to leave right away. So I, I called uh, an Uber. And I just had, like, my, my like gym shorts and a T-shirt on. And I get dropped off and the Uber driver's like, are you okay? And I'm just like, I'm just in a lot of pain. Please take me to the emergency room. And they dropped me off at the same hospital that uh, my partner delivered at. And I, 
Uh, so I'm in the emergency <laughs> oh, room, no. and they're like looking at me like, oh my god, and there's all these people already in there, and they've got these problems, and it's freezing in the, in the waiting room, and I've got, you know, just like nothing on, basically, and I'm just yeah. like shaking and in pain, and they're like, what's going on uh, with this guy? And they, I think they think I'm like overdosing or something, but uh, oh, no. they finally realize like, oh, you're not like a tweak or a druggie or whatever, like you're actually in pain. <laughs> And so Jeez. he's too young. To I do guess drugs. we, yeah, he's too young. Uh, <laughs> also, if someone's on drugs, then they must not need medical but you know attention. What I mean? Like, because yes. you know, like weed yeah. is legal here, and people over like you know medicate and like uh, I don't know. Maybe they thought I was having some bad trip or whatever. But I, I don't yeah. know. But I was like really, really in pain, and they're like, "Well, you don't have insurance." But they, so luckily there was one nurse there that was like, "Look, I'll sign you up for emergency medical." Um. And just tell me, just answer these questions for me the best you can. She filled out the paperwork and stuff and entered it in the computer. Aww. And because of her, I was able to get like emergency medical or whatever so I could get seen. Oh, thank God. And so I got seen. So the, I went in there and the doctor was like, oh, you know, what's what's the problem? And I told him, like, I got this pain. So they checked me out. And he's like, oh, you're, uh, pardon me. He's like, your testicle is swollen. He goes, okay, this doesn't feel great. And he's like, this, I think there might be something here. Let's do an ultrasound. So we did an ultrasound and I'm like waiting in this waiting room or not waiting room, but like in the back ER area where other people are screaming because they have a gunshot or whatever. Whoa. And then um, I, they come back and he's like, okay, so we found a growth and it, it looks bad and we think that uh it might be cancer so Whoa. i'm like sitting there like at like three or four in the morning you know on Oof. a sunday being like oh god like everything is going through my head because being like oh we just you know had a baby and now i've got to deal with this yeah. and i don't know just like a lot of things going through my head yeah. he's like it might be fine he goes it may be something else but like go see a urologist first thing uh, he gave me like a bunch of medication to kill the pain and to help with it. And uh, he said, the first thing Monday morning, uh, you need to go to a urologist. So I did that. Uh, I walked into the office and I was still in a lot of pain. And uh, my partner went with me since my mom was home or my mom was visiting. Oh and uh, I went to the urologist. He's like, OK, let's take a look at this. And he was kind of pretty like lacks a days he's a he's kind of like this hippie guy <laughs> it's kind of weird uh -huh. i felt weird but he was like it's kind of hippie-ish doctor but then he took a look at it, he goes oh oh no and then he looked at the um the i guess the uh jeez the uh, what do you call it the ultrasound yeah the ultrasound and he goes um he goes hold on and then he i guess talked to his assistant and then he walks back in he goes we need to operate today Whoa. Whoa! And I was like, what? "What?" He goes, "Yes, we need to operate like right now." He goes, "We need to get you what? ready. We need to operate right now because if we wait any longer, he goes, I, I, I think this is going to be bad." He goes, "We need to make sure." And so I had to like my what? partner was just like, "What?" So then she had to be there with me, and this was on my mom's birthday, by the way, too. I forgot to mention that. Oh my god! So, um, we. 
Oh my god! So, Happy birthday, mama! Exactly. Your little so baby. My my oh no. yeah. My partner had to deliver that news to my mom, and she did not take it well. Of course. Oh. Um, of course. But so I'm in like you know uh, about to be wheeled into the operating room, and I'm being talked Whoa. to by the anesthesiologist. You know, like anesthesiologist and stuff, and uh, they're like, "Look, uh, this." is cancer and uh luckily you're only at a stage one uh so but if we don't do this now it's gonna spread um uh-huh. so we're like oh my god we you know like this we didn't expect any of this so it just all happened so fast and, and are they explaining to you at this point what the surgery is and yeah. what it will do yeah there's okay. they, like they're like we're gonna make an incision like kind of below your stomach and we're gonna go in and we're gonna take out the cancerous cells you know we're gonna actually cut it out and stuff and you're gonna lose a testicle and you know like all that stuff and i was like that's really fast to find that news out yeah so they but i go under uh apparently i had some issues with the um anesthesia or something and i started choking uh (gasps) i didn't realize any of this until like i came to uh but uh, they, they, Jeez, the, that's how people die like that. Yeah, oh my god! I know. So, uh, but they said that the the surgery was successful. They think they got all of it, but everything looked good. Uh, but I had to see a you know a radiologist and other you know uh, somebody else um, oncologist to see what my next steps were. And mm-hmm. um, so I had to heal for a couple of weeks. Was the most amount of pain I've ever been in. It was super difficult, super embarrassing to having to relearn how to, you know, kind of like, Oh, how do I do this without being in searing pain? Like just go to the bathroom (gasps) and stuff and deal with all that. But then I saw an oncologist and he was like, all right, so what we're going to do immediately started like selling me on this, like we're going to be implanting this thing in your chest. That's where you're going to start getting your chemotherapy, um, and we're going to do like three cycles of that. Whoa. Then we're going to do some radiation and this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. And I was super overwhelmed and my partner was overwhelmed yeah. too. And he left the room and the nurse looked at us and she said, I would get a second opinion if I were you. Whoa. Whoa. And she said, I think he's trying to sell you on this. She goes, I don't think you need <gasps> to do that much i don't think you need to do radiation she's like you probably have to do chemo but not radiation and i don't i don't approve of what he's like basically (gasps) what an angel yeah seriously um so we we're like okay thanks and he was kind of pissed off he we were like "Uh, we're gonna think about this and we'll get back to you and he kind of kept harassing us about like we got to do this now we got to do this now and Oh, and Frank, was this, I mean, speaking as someone who has also been, we were just talking about this in the last episode, uh, when you have like free health care or discount health care, a lot of times you find yourself in these sort of situations with doctors who are trying to like milk the system, trying to send you out for stuff you don't need, extra appointments, extra procedures. And it's sort of like you're supposed to be like, well, I'm getting health care and shitty is what I deserve. So I guess it's what I'm having. Um, And it sounds like that's what was kind of going on right there. Absolutely. That's entirely what was happening so then um yeah i i got a second opinion and they were like you only need to do one round of chemo uh in order to make this successful so i was like okay so we were starting to set up the meetings for that 
I was home and kind of feeling down because I couldn't really help my partner out with the baby because I could I, I wasn't allowed to lift more than 10 pounds I think at that time uh, or eight pounds and so my how, how old was the baby at this point she was Frank? like because I remember six or seven weeks small. yeah so seven weeks small. because like, this remember... gets to the next part of the story <laughs> Yeah, I remember visiting you all, and the baby was super small and, like, cluster feeding. So the yeah. fact that you were feeling like you couldn't help is, like, extra. I mean, that's that's rough. I was feeling bummed and stuff, and I know that I wasn't, like, the best person to be around, too. I'm sure that, you know, my partner had a lot to deal with. So I think she was even being like, I need to get out of the house. She goes, I'm going to take her to go return these Close to this shop that was down the street from us. We used to live in uh, Los Feliz, like down the uh, down the street from House of Pies, like going up to you know uh, Griffith Park, like in that mm-hmm. area on Vermont. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she left, and this was like kind of a sunny day. So I had uh, the doors open, the windows open, and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, I just hear like these breaks, and then people screaming. And I oh shit you immediately I my stomach dropped and I thought the worst and then I so I I limped out uh, to the street and I saw them laying like on (gasps) the curb oh and because people had helped them up and uh, sorry (laughs) yeah yeah that's like everyone's worst. Nightmare. Every part of this story. Oh, Frank, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That's so traumatic. Yeah, and it was just trauma upon trauma. Yeah, but luckily, like, my wife, uh, my partner was okay. And, uh, well, not so, I mean, because she had just, basically she was crossing the street, and this guy who was trying to make a left turn, uh, not see, I can understand like, you know, how sometimes people are trying to make a right turn at a light and they, they don't see somebody there and they're like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. This was a left turn. So clearly saw them and I guess got impatient and thought that they, he could miss them, I guess. And he ended up hitting my wife, uh, like head on, like, uh, with her legs and she had the baby in a sling on her chest. So I guess that she, I guess she must have like done kind of like, you know, mother's strength type of thing where she made basically, she says from what she remembers, she made like a cocoon like over our daughter. Because so, when she went over the hood and the windshield, like she was just kind of like protecting our daughter that way. And we were freaked yeah. out because she wasn't responding. Our daughter wasn't, like, making any noise or anything. So we weren't sure if she was, you know, because uh, she was sleeping. But we weren't sure if, like, she was, you know, respond. We couldn't tell, like, what was what because yeah. she wasn't crying or anything. And then uh, the ambulance came and the guy did stop. But I was so upset and angry and i'm like limping and i'm like shouting at him you know just like yeah. screaming at him i was like i just went through fucking cancer and i just had a i can't do shit and now you do this shit and you know i'm just going off and yeah my partner's in a daze and she's just like no settle down you know like like she's the most rational she just got hit by a car um but the ambulance came and took us to the hospital and i had to go with the baby while they checked her out and then they checked out my was, partner. Was and it the same hospital? No. Okay. They, that was a weird thing. They drove us. 
no, the weird thing was is they drove us really fucking far. I don't know why they, they like, took we us can't to... Take yeah, I mean, it would they were be like... like we like, can't take him there. That place is shit. Yeah, that exactly. But they, like, they, I'm not seeing this Garcia Hell guy again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they, like, they drove us, like, pretty far. I can't remember which uh, hospital they took us to, but, like, so basically... Our daughter was uh, woke up and she was like fine. Luckily, miraculously, oh. they she was checked out by a pediatrician and she's like, yeah, she I think she slept through this. <laughs> like she think like, she's that's amazing. Fine, uh, she's miraculously, too young to get like seriously. Yeah, yeah, she's too young. She's fine. But um, but yeah, but they they found out that my. My partner had gotten uh, her leg was broken in a couple of places and that she had some other like trauma and stuff. So I had to, you know, uh, figure out, call a lawyer and all this other stuff. But so now uh, she has to she gets a cast on for the time being, but she's going to have to do surgery in like a few weeks. So our daughter is seven months old uh, or sorry, seven weeks old. And uh, I'm healing from my surgery and can barely walk. Now she can't walk. And, <sighs> and your daughter at this our point mom is, is, is fully in charge of the house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, like my, You're the man now. My mom is there, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to take it. Come on, pull yourself up. Um, See, and that's why she doesn't know that she's a girl because <laughs> she was the man. Yeah, she had to be the man of the house. If I was your mom, by the way, if I was your mom, I would be terrified to step outside lest like a helicopter follow me at that point. Oh my god! Yeah, no, <laughs> oh seriously, god. it did feel like just like, like one god, thing after another. God looked down and was like, yeah. "Fuck these guys." Yeah. Oh. But it really, yeah. it really was kind of. We both were just like, "What the fuck did we do?" Like what? Yeah. What kind of karma is this? Because like, like, who did we piss off that we got this like thunderfuck, you know, of just yeah. bad luck? And so it was really tough. Which is wild because you both are lovely people. Thank you. I appreciate that. I but yeah. it really did feel like this is crazy, and we so we had to deal with. My mom could only stay so long, and then her mom came out, and uh, luckily we had some friends that, like, uh, put together, you know, GoFundMe for us. Because I was a little hesitant at it at first, but then they were like, no, you're going to need this. And yeah, uh, luckily that helped us out, because neither one of us could work, and it was just impossible. And um, But, like, for months, you know, we're just struggling and i i kept trying to schedule my chemo but because of my insurance complications like they kept having to push it and push it so i didn't i wasn't oh. able to until january that next year to start that so then i had started chemo treatments and she was still healing from surgery uh while huh. all trying to take care of this you know baby uh and there were just really really rough times where we we're just like how are we going to get through this or this is very difficult for both of us and it was yeah. just it was just a real nightmare. So when the pandemic happened, we were kind of like, well, we're used to being inside. We can <laughs> do this. Um, yeah, we got through worse. Yeah, but um, we we got through it thankfully. You know, like there there were some really hard times, but thanks to you know some friends and family, it's tough because our family doesn't live here. So then that made it even yeah. more difficult. But luckily we had you know like people come by like you guys came by and we really appreciated that you know you brought us some food you brought us some other toys you know like just stuff like that we really appreciated that but yeah oh well thanks yeah. i mean you're beloved 
and you, I mean, everyone around you could see. And we've got a great you, community here. You were so yeah. dealt, like, the shittiest hand, and it, you were in, I mean, it's so crazy. Like, I felt like you had moved here recently, and you had your new baby, that and was, then it was just like, womp, 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 That really womp. was. It was so much. Because <laughs> I, I feel like, I always felt like I waited too long to move to L.A. after, like, some pretty big opportunities came my way. And then we got here, uh, we finally moved, and then, like, within uh, less than a year, I want us to see May, June, July, August, September, October. yeah, uh, probably about, like, under a year of being here, that's when we got pregnant, or when she got pregnant, and we're like, well, you know, we didn't plan on it, but let's do this, like, you know, it's kind of good now, because I don't think I can have kids after um, my uh, mm. the chemo stuff. Because they had asked, too, mm -hmm. if, like, oh, do you want to freeze any eggs? And my partner's like, no, oh. we're good. We're one and done. And I'm like, okay, that's her choice, so let's do that. <laughs> um, and so, wow, yeah, so, but, like, By we way, barely it, it, had time. It, it, I'm not a doctor, but you're having chemo and freezing her eggs as a result seems like an overreach. No. Yeah, uh, it seems worse. <laughs> they wanted me to freeze my uh, sperm, sorry. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ari's just farting my <laughs> Oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Um, <laughs> it's because he was at that shitty hospital, Ari. Yeah. They were like, well, yeah, that's let's, why. let's freeze her right. Frank, yeah. Frank, they want to make sure that you understand that you're a boy and that you conform to that expectation. Exactly. By freezing your eggs. <laughs> Um, that is the wildest story, Frank. I can't yeah. believe that you you three had to endure that. Like just, parenthood, just with a newborn it, by itself. itself, is already such a mind fuck. Yeah. If you were to say like, oh, I, but then any of those other things on top of it are, are just too much. It's yeah, too much. Sorry, no, Art, go on. Just just having a seven week old is the hardest time yeah, of period. anyone's life. Period. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Never mind all, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a, a triple-decker club sandwich of hard times. But, you know, yeah. it, it, it's worth saying yeah. that, like, as, as hard as it is to ask for help or admit that you need from help, you need help, when you've got a community like this and people that really care about you, it, there is an aspect of, like, pay that community the compliment of giving them the opportunity to help you. Because I think everybody yeah. felt like, oh, shit, like, they need our help. We got this, and like j just the ability, yeah, the, the ability to help do something tangible for you guys felt like a gift to us. You know, yeah. you, you, I agree. You can't always help people. People go through so much shit, and then it, and you can't take it off of them. It really yeah. feels it, as perverse as it might sound. We felt grateful to be able to do something. Yeah, uh -huh. we were very grateful for the community and even strangers and even people that <laughs> exes and stuff that were donating and stuff. Yeah. We felt very grateful Aww. for that people really stepped up and really helped us out. And it really does like I mean, even for me, uh, like our, our for us both, uh, like our friends driving us to appointments, you know, uh, she had some of her friends drive her to, you know, her surgery and her um, therapy sessions that she had to do physical therapy. Then I'd have friends that would uh, pick me up or drive me to and pick me up from chemo. And it wasn't the most fun, you know, to do that, <laughs> but they understood. So, well, uh, we've certainly 
been in circumstances, Ari and I, where we've had to ask for and rely on help from from friends and community. Yeah. And, and yeah, it can be really humbling and it's hard to ask and it's hard to accept because yeah. we want to just be like, I can do it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but you but- <laughs> really, I mean, it really helped us out for, because we couldn't return to work for quite some time. And even yeah. then, I was only able to return to work. And my only work at that time was teaching, you know, at UCB, yeah. which, you teaching know. Teaching improv was, comedy, the, yeah, yeah, the like way that we did. Improv and sketch, uh, which and not a lot of money. And so, <laughs> yeah. luckily, with that, and then, unfortunately, the um, the settlement wasn't very big because the guy had very shitty insurance. And we could only get so much from them. Oh, no. Uh, Bad so, insurance is just a villain of this movie. It really is. For yeah, real. All around. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, with the GoFundMe and that, that money, that was able to help us out, give us some padding for a few years, but now all that money's gone, and we're back oh. to being like, oh, boy, okay, let's uh, let's uh, figure this out. Right. <laughs> In the, and, and we're still in the pandemic, and I don't know about you, but we are not working at nope. full capacity. Oh, and- <laughs> yeah. My wife, uh, my partner's keeping us afloat um, because oh. she she's working, but, you know, it's service industry. And I just had interviews doing service industry and um, uh, retail jobs I haven't had in a long time. But now we're having to weigh yeah. out, like, because I had a couple of job offers like Petco or Amazon Fresh. And they're like, you're going to be paid $15 an hour and you're going to be working 20 to 40 hours a week. And we're doing the math of it and being like, well, but then if you're working at that, if we're both working at this time, then we have to hire a sitter. Yeah. And then the cost of childcare versus the amount of money we'd be bringing in. So like, it's all, and like people are like, oh, they think I'm doing fine because they're like, oh, you did some cool stuff this year, which I'm very grateful for. But people sometimes don't realize like how much stuff actually pays. Right. <laughs> and how much this yeah. business exploits you, uh, where you're lucky yeah. if you get like two months rent, you know, uh, but yeah. work is few and far between for us right now. And it's really been a struggle. Uh, I'm just not work. I haven't worked for a couple of months, you know, so I'm like really yeah. trying to figure it out. And like, that's why I, you know, got back into, you know, uh, applying for retail jobs and stuff and, but I have to, I, I've had yeah. the opportunity, but I have to weigh out the, you know, we have to weigh out the cost of childcare and stuff. And it can be humbling, I think, especially in this city where everyone is like, even when they're not doing stuff, they're bragging about what they're doing. And yeah. It, yeah. it oftentimes can feel very much like, well, everyone else is doing great and they know what they're doing and they're making lots of money and I'm struggling and what's wrong with me. I mean, I can speak for myself. I feel that way all the time. So yeah. 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 And we come it's from a community a of mega hard. successful people. So it's very hard not to be like, Oh, but <laughs> you know, yeah. 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 Yeah, a lot of people, dear listener, who Frank and Ari and I came up with in comedy, you know, they're now like millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it, but you know, and then there's a lot of us here who are just, we're working, we're working in comedy, we're working in entertainment, but we're just not bajillionaires and uh, we're putting the work in, but it's, it's, yeah, it's a challenge aren't in, the, aren't in the industry. I think the idea that you could be sort of like a working class comedy writer, like sounds, yeah. sounds insane. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's, but it's true. But yeah, it, it, even even people that you it's true that you see on <laughs> we are the TV, blue collar. Uh, uh, we are the blue collar commentator. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you take nothing away from this, well, get it up. Frank, I thank you so much yeah. for for coming and talking with us and um and giving us your your time today. Is there anything that you would like to promote? Where can people find you online and follow you on social media? Uh you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Frank Garcia Hale H E J L. Um, and my Instagram is mostly just posting pictures of my daughter because, you know, that's just what I, you know, what I'm, I love right now. Um, I will always love I think love our her, listeners can get behind but that. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of being like, well, I'm not going to post about this other stupid shit. I mean, I <laughs> love showing people how awesome yes. my daughter is. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. on Twitter, that's where you can find the good shit. Um, you know, the real tea and whatnot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just all political. Oh, we got so Texas just now. Dumb shit. Yep. That's, it's coming out. Um, but yeah, you can that's you can follow me there, and you can see all my other like I have two podcasts too, and uh, all my other projects I post about there whenever that comes up. But yeah, you can check me out. Tell there. everyone what your podcasts are called. Yeah, Frank. I, I co-host a, a two podcasts. So one with Jeff Garlock, who is another former UCB guy, called the Canon Canon, where we talk about uh, infamous '80s movie production company Canon Films. Uh, we kind of go through their their uh like their releases yeah yeah and we but we have it with kind of the lens of now where we like loved these movies as kids and we're watching now being like oh boy uh so we kind of talk about that (laughs) and what what makes them still awesome and what makes them very problematic at the same time uh a lot of chuck norris charles bronson you know like vigilante type of stuff uh, we're like uh delta force yep right exactly and uh oh, fascinating the second one i over sorry, the what? top over the top blood sport yep. these are these yep. are this is the canon canon this is I absolutely I'm masters gonna, of the universe i'm gonna 1000 i actually did not know you i did not know this was your podcast i'm gonna 1000 percent subscribe oh yeah you gotta check it out <laughs> and you two have to come on it at some point too oh, i would love to um, and, yeah, Jeff, oh we would love Jeff to absolutely it's really really funny um, mm-hmm. And the other one I uh, host with a, another former UCB guy, um, Pat O'Brien, called the Smashing Pumpcast, where we talk about <laughs> our favorite band, the Smashing Pumpkins. Outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, Frank, you are doing a great job. Thank you. I hope you know that. It's really, I mean, Dude. you you know this, but like, I think the biggest thing I've had to work on as being a father or a parent is just patience patience and being like i'm not going to scream i'm not going to yell like that's been the biggest challenge for me to be like how can i be as level-headed about this as possible without just losing my shit you know because i don't want to i I don't know i remember how i was raised and how my family was and just constantly your ghost just coming to the surface and you reminding yourself like don't do this don't do this because you're gonna you know like it's just all your yep. it, being a parent is like the worst like psychotherapy of just being like <laughs> this is the shit that fucked me up and then you start edging yes. towards it and you're like nope don't do it don't do that yeah, yeah. i hear you 100 percent, frank yeah there is it i mean I'm, this isn't exactly what you were saying, but I, I call it parenting in the dark because <laughs> there's so much of parenting for me. It's not 
parenting how I was parented yeah. so much as parenting in spite of the way that I was brought up. Yeah. But it's hard to sometimes know what to do when you haven't seen that modeled. So you're just like, well, I, I won't do that. Yeah. yeah. So I hope I'm doing this we're right. We're both confident Ooh. that we're doing a better job so far, both of us, because we, <laughs> based off of what we, our childhoods and stuff, where my, mo- my mother did an excellent job, but there's just other stuff that, you know, you know, there's always issues. Of course. Yeah. You know? Of course. Yeah. It's like rowing a boat. You've got to move forward uh, while it- only looking backwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, and Ari, I forgot to ask if there was anything you'd like to promote. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I will say that uh, we, Betsy and I, and some other talented uh, friends of ours, do regular shows and we teach classes at IlluminatiImprov.com. We teach improv classes and including some live in person classes. We've got a sold out show going on right uh, class going on right now. We're about to list uh, another one that I believe Betsy will teach. So if you have wanted to learn improv or if you have done improv and uh, are tired of doing it online, please check us out at <laughs> IlluminatiImprov.com. Uh, and like I said, we also perform uh, a couple times a month. Uh, uh, Frank, we'd love to have you. Anytime you want to sit in, we would, because uh, Frank is also Oh, my, oh God. my God. I would absolutely love that. I'm rusty as fuck and probably would steamroll uh, immediately, but you, you've improvised with me before. You know what that <laughs> feels like it's, when it's, I get on stage. At during... Oh, I, it's great. If there is it's anyone I would love to be steamrolled by in an improv scene it's frank garcia garcia yeah yes. come on down yeah yeah invite me out um, i'd love it awesome we've got one uh, and next also Saturday. ari the we're details after the sh- after we talk cool ari we are not just teaching uh classes in person but also online so even if you're in another country another part of the country uh you don't have to be in los angeles to take that classes we're, we're gonna uh, start ari. Some, uh, some classes in uh austria and i believe also in france nice. Yeah. Ari, you are also doing a great job. Thank you. I see it every Betsy, day. And, and likewise, you, I love you. you are doing a great job. Thank you. Well, dear listener, if, if you find yourself wanting to crawl into a hole because your five-year-old won't stop screaming, fuck you, in front of your mother-in-law, or... If you find yourself um, having to seeing that your child, I was say having to teach elementary school because your kid's teacher insists that you share the burden equally. Oh man! If you find yourself uh, not realizing that your kid didn't know if they were a boy or a girl, and honestly, fuck it, who cares? Or uh, I, I, I loused that one up. You got one, Ari? <laughs> uh, if you find yourself the target of an angry, vindictive god that will do everything they can in a short period of time to <laughs> make your life hell. <laughs> or if you find yourself in the hospital with flickering lights from the movie Saw, <laughs> uh, just know that you are doing a great job. My mommy drinks. 
I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrows will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder I than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire. <laughs>